heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. To in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Did you know that that doxology that's found in Ephesians is actually in the Greek one sentence? The reason scholars believe it is simply one sentence is because they truly believe what happened Now, remember, when this was written, it was not cheap to write something down. You don't waste parchment and ink back then. You don't just have a notepad that you scribble something on and throw it out later. This is something that's very expensive to record. And he felt, Paul felt, that these words needed to be recorded. But scholars believe that what happened was, as Paul was in prison thinking about what he wanted to say. Because one of the things that's unique about Ephesians is that it's not written like all of his other letters. All of Paul's other letters seem to be dictated in haste. Get this done, get this done, get this done, get it out there because it's got to meet a need. There's something, some heresy going on, some teaching that needs to get out. Let's get this done. Ephesians seems to be a thoughtful, methodically thought of, processed letter. So why would he put this huge, long sentence at the very beginning of a very expensive piece of parchment. And what scholars believe is that Paul, as he was sitting there in prison, thinking about what he wanted to say, to express what it means to be a Christian, became overwhelmed with his thoughts of God and salvation and the grace that's lavished on us. And he just began to pour forth praise to the Lord. And it was random. It wasn't thought through. He just started speaking and the amenuensis, the man who was writing, just continued to write as Paul spoke. So Paul is just speaking forth praise and glory to God. Pouring basically out of the depths and the core of his being. Not thought through necessarily in a way of, well, I need to say this and then I need to... He just poured forth this praise to the Lord. And as I have been struggling over the last number of weeks and months trying to figure out where we needed to go and where God wanted us to go in our study, the Lord has brought me to the book of Ephesians. And we are going to spend as much time as God wants us to be here starting today. And today, we're not looking at all of... Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. So this could be a really long study. (laughs) But look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Now, I have three different translations here in my notes. I have the New International, the New American Standard, the New Living Translation. If we have someone present... 
with the King James Version. I, when I'm done reading this, I'd like you to also read the King James Version out loud for us, okay? If you don't have King James, maybe New King James, but hopefully someone has King James. New International, we just heard that. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. New American Standard, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. New Living Translation, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Does someone have King James? Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in, he- in heavenly places in Christ. Thank you. Blessed be God, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He was pouring forth praise, but he took time to play a little bit. Because this is... This is a word play, and Paul's known for doing that in his writings. He uses, for example, the term Onesiphorus in the book of Philemon means useless. And, he, and the slave's name was Onesiphorus. And he, he played around with those words and he said, yeah, what was useless to you has now been use, is now found to be useful. So I hope that useless will be found to be useful for you. And that's how he wrote Philemon. Same thing here. Paul, Paul was a master at word play. And he said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Well, there, as we break down this one verse, I'm going to break it into three separate parts. First of all, praise be or blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at that. Then we're going to look at who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. And then finally, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you guys have ever seen um, Fiddler on the Roof, the movie or the play? Fiddler on the Roof? Okay. There's a a part in the movie where, where the Sabbath is taking place. And they light the Sabbath candles and then a prayer is prayed. Well, there's, there's a, in the Jewish tradition, not just on the Sabbath, but literally every single day, three times a day, there's a prayer of blessing that is prayed. Now, when we think of a blessing, we think, oh, Lord, bless us. But what this prayer of blessing is, is actually a declaration or a doxology of blessing to God, declaring he is holy, praising his name. And, and what the Jewish people do when they pray this prayer is they literally say, Baruch atah Adonai Elchenu Melech HaOlam. Say that with me. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Let's go. Baruch, Baruch. Atah Adonai. Adonai means Lord. Okay. Baruch means blessing or praise. Baruch atah Adonai. One more time all together. Baruch atah Adonai. Eloheinu. Eloheinu. Melech. Ha'alom. I mean, Ha'olam. Melech Ha'olam. Okay, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam. You can't say that because you didn't have it in front of you. But what that literally means, blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe. Three times a day, they get on their faces before God and they pronounce blessing to God. You are to be praised, O God, because you are the King of the universe. They declare who he is. 
And this is done three times a day. So it's part of Paul's normal practice to pray three times a day a prayer of doxology, praising and blessing God. So it is natural that when he starts this form of doxology at the beginning of his writing, when he gets overwhelmed in his spirit and wants to just praise God, the very first words out of his mouth are going to be what he says every single day. Holy are you, Lord God. Holy are you. That's what I say. Whatever you say to God regularly, that's what you would say. But in his expression, he goes, Baruch Atah uh, whatever it is, Melech Ha'alam, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. And then he continues his prayer. So this very first part of verse 3 is simply Paul talking to God in the way he normally talked to God. Lord God, you are the king of the universe and I praise you and I bless you and I give glory to you. And now let me tell you why. And he begins to talk about the salvation. And the very first thing that he talked about was this idea, this next section, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. God, you are to be praised. Why? Because you blessed us. In the heavenlies. I bless you. I praise you. When it says God is blessing us. It's not talking about praising. Because in the Hebrew. In the mindset of the Hebrew. You can use the word blessing. To praise. Or you can use the word blessing. To show kindness. to. And so what Paul is saying here. Is I praise you O God. King of the universe. Because in in your glory. And in your might. And your power. You still look down on us. These worthless nothings. And you spoke blessing on us. And you looked on us with favor. And you brought kindness to us. William Barclay in his commentary on this verse said. God chose to bless us with these blessings. Which are only to be found in heaven. There are certain things that a man or a woman can find and discover for themselves. But there are other things which are beyond a person's obtaining. A person can by themselves obtain to a certain skill in a craft or a science. They can attain to a certain position in the world. They can amass a certain amount of the world's goods. But by themselves, they can never attain goodness. By themselves, they can never attain peace of mind. God chose to give us those things which he alone can give. Blessed are you, Lord God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, because you condescended to pour out blessing on us, to give to us who are unworthy, who don't deserve it, those things that no man can attain for himself, only that which you can give, that from your very heaven of heavens. Praise your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo! I'm beginning to experience a little bit, I think, of what Paul was experiencing at that moment. In my mother-in-law's words, I got blessed. She used to tell a story of a man in the church that she grew up in or that she was a part of somewhere. And when he got blessed, all the ladies at the church were watching because he'd start rocking. He's sitting on the front pew. He was rocking because God was blessing him. Then they'd watch and continue to watch because when his ears and his face got red, it was going to go any moment. And he's rocking and his face is red and his ears. And the man would just go, whoa! 
And at that moment, when they saw his hand start going up, all the ladies clapped their hands over the baby's ears. Because <laughs> otherwise, the babies would be screaming after that. <laughs> but that's the kind of blessing that Paul's talking about here. Blessed are you, Lord God, because you've blessed us. You've poured out on us. And I just want to praise you for it. I can't have any, I don't have any choice in it. That last song, don't let me ever cause the rocks to cry out because I didn't praise God. And then finally, and this is the one I struggled with all week. Blessed are you, Lord God. Praise you, the Father and Lord of our Jesus Christ, who has poured out blessings from the heavenly realms. You've poured out every spiritual blessing in Christ. And I looked at that and I chewed on that and I worried over that and I read every book I have on Ephesians and I just struggled even up until about nine o'clock this morning sitting over here quietly trying to figure out what God wanted me to say. And, and I have a few things I want to say, just a couple. I was reading one of Charles Spurgeon's sermons. He's from the 1800s. And he wrote a sermon on this. Um, I think it was called Blessed to be a Blessing or Blessed Blessing or something like that. Um, but he quoted this. I mean, he, he wrote this about that verse. He said, surely Paul means that we have not a spiritual blessing that God did not give us. We have not earned one. We could not create one. All spiritual blessings come from the Father. And so what that means, what, Paul, what, what Spurgeon was saying and what, what I understand as I was reading everything else about this was that when it says, when Paul says, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, anything that comes to us, anything that comes to us that's a spiritual blessing is not from anything we've done ourselves. It's not from anything we've earned or created or tried to manipulate. It's simply the love of God poured out on us because of a father's love who wants to bless his children. Secondly, this idea of in Christ. It says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's a simple statement. And I was reading commentaries and I started counting as I went. I couldn't figure out all of them. But somewhere in these verses 3 to 14, this statement of praise, Paul used some form of in Christ, in him, through Jesus, 12 different times in 14 verses. So it's a statement that apparently is very important. And what does it simply mean? It simply means we get these blessings from God because we are covered by the blood of Christ and we are under his authority and we receive because of him. Again, it's not because of who we are or what we've done or what we ever will do or what value he sees. None of that. We are blessed of God because we are united to God through Jesus Christ through the blood of Christ. And then the last thing under this little thing, this spiritual blessings. I really struggled with that. See, the word barakah in Jewish, and in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, means blessing. And it means a bestowal of good. It is often material, I'm quoting now from one of the commentaries, it is often material and invariably quite specific. In other words, when they say in the Old Testament, God blessed or God poured out his blessing, literally they're talking about something very specific, tangible. You can touch it. You can hold it. 
He blessed them with an abundance of their flock. He gave them a great harvest. He blessed them by pouring water from the rock. So there's something tangible, something they could see, something they could point to, something they could hold on to. But what are spiritual blessings? What is Paul talking about with spiritual blessings? And as I read, I mean, and believe me, I read a lot this week. There wasn't a single scholar that I came up with that agreed with any other scholar. They all had their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own opinions. And you know what? I'm just as good as any of the rest of them. I don't need to quote somebody else's garbage because I got my own garbage that I want to quote. So I honestly think that what was going on at some point in this, in this, uh, this doxology, there was this outburst of spontaneous praise that Paul uh, gave because of his reflection over our salvation. And this spiritual blessing... I think, talks of our salvation, because we can't get that ourselves. It talks of the Holy Spirit, because we can't get that ourselves. And it talks of God's interaction with us. I was reading in Psalm 143 out of my personal devotions today, and you don't need to turn there. If you want to, feel free. But Psalm 143, verses 6 through 12, spoke to me a lot about what I was reflecting on with this idea of spiritual blessings. Psalm 143, David says, verses 6 through 12, I spread out my hands to you, which is a form of worship. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. And what I hear there, a spiritual blessing, the Lord hears us and he answers us when we pray to him. That's not something we can create or earn. That's something that's bestowed. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. See, God doesn't play hide and seek with his kids. If you call him, he's always available. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I've put my trust in you. God loves us. Did you hear those words? Unfailing love. He loves us, and there is nothing in this universe or outside of this universe that will ever stop him from loving us. Show me the way I should go, because to you I lift up my soul. God gives us directions for our lives. Proverbs tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on your own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. When things get tough, God protects us and provides us with a way of escape. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. As I said a minute ago, God doesn't play games with us. He helps us to understand exactly what he expects from us. And then he empowers us to do that which he demands from us. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. 
God will keep you from stumbling as you walk the path that he sets for you. And the last few verses of this section say, For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. It pretty much says it all. When we submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, we come under the blessing of God the Father, the King of the universe. And we can rest and we can hide and we can trust and we can learn and we can hear because he'll always speak to us and we can speak to him because he'll always hear us. And there is not a single thing that could ever happen in your life that would cause him to stop loving you and therefore to stop pouring out his blessing on you. And as we close out this time of worship, I would like us to turn to hymn number 771. And we are going to sing as many verses as the Holy Spirit wants us to. Hymn number 771. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Last verse. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. 
Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe. You are worthy of all praise. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for a family who comes alongside us in times of trouble. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to minister in the name of Jesus to the community around us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your guidance in our lives. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And we ask all of this in the powerful and mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life willingly for us. Amen.